Welcome to episode 38 of the Permaculture Pimp Cast. The only pimp cast out there where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How you doing, son? Good. And guys, if there's any te- technical difficulties, blame dad, because literally right before I hit record, he asked if everything was working. So now I'm wondering, what did I he didn't kick around? Anything, man. What I did didn't, he move I didn't do anything. for him to ask, is everything working? Because he's never asked for 37 episodes. No, he's because I'm asked, sitting here looking at this. Is everything working? I'm looking at this highfalutin board over here. Yeah. And this thing's all cockeyed. It's I all know cockeyed. I and dad was the last one to be in here. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> he move did the it, live though. stream last I night. I didn't. Man, I put everything there. I put everything where it belongs. Yeah. So if something happens, email dad. Nah. Hey, well, anyway, this episode brought to you, apparently things are working by Hickory Ridge Soap by TwoOldCrows.com. Turn that simp into a pimp with the sexy beast uh, soap. Okay, so you decided to switch up that up. Bit. Okay. I thought about it on the way I'm back sure from Shelly, Yeah, I'm sure. Hey, remember, pimp, for those who are wondering, pimp stands for permaculture is my passion. So just remember that we're taking an ugly word and turn it into, turning it into something worthwhile, okay? And don't forget to tip a pimp on the sound, the fountain app. Remember, yeah, check everybody's out that, using tip a pimp and catch jack or get back jack. I'm not sure what the get back jack. I don't is. know what that is, but, but uh, the catch jack, yeah. Well, see, it would be well. That's going to take something to catch jack because I mean he's been at this a long, long time and he's probably the best at it. Um, Definitely. I mean, he he's skilled in so many different ways, but hey, we're knocking on that back door before too long. But check us out on that fountain app. In fact, it, regardless of the podcast you may be listening to, remember, y'all, this is the only pimp cast. So just keep that in mind. Regardless of whatever podcast you lift, listen to, you might want to check it out on that fountain app. It's really awesome because if you're like me and you spend a lot of your day listening to podcasts to try to get up on the news, maybe you want to learn something. I can't think of a better way of going about it because you can definitely handle the speed on there. And plus, let's not forget that you can tip a pimp. All right. Yeah, And also, if you really like what the people are saying on there, let's say you listen to like And We Know or, or Mike Adams or Stu Peters or whatever, you can stream live sats to them, which is a fraction of a Bitcoin, as I'm told, uh, as you listen. So it only comes out to like a couple pennies per person, but... The more people do it, the more realistic the pay-per-view really is. Even if you aren't breaking bread on that app, one cool thing about it is I just love how it's all there. Everything you already have. When when Jack had told me how simple it was and me being something as the eternal Luddite, I'm like, oh, man, I really don't want another app here. But let me check it out, man, because he was... He was talking about how awesome it is, and honestly, I'm not I'm not at all disappointed, man. I really like the app. So check us out over there. Remember, tip a pimp, and listen to us through it, through there if you'd like. And don't forget to leave a review. In fact, talking about the review, uh, William's going to get to that in a minute, right after I get of the tip of the day. All right, tip of the day. Practice OPSEC, and that basically stands for operational security. And what do I mean by that? Look, y'all, we're at a time in America where things are dicey. I know we have to say it just about every episode, and we're more of an upbeat kind of thing, so we're showing you solutions around that stuff. Well, part of the solutions of having these preps, the things that we've talked about more and more, not only on YouTube, but here in the podcast world, or I'm sorry, pimpcast world, that's right, got to get that right. Think about the things you have. 
And think about the people that may be coming into your house or near your house. It's the whole reason. We had Shelly and Jason on the other day uh, on the live stream. And we were talking about, Jason in particular was talking about how he set up his food forest to be uh, basically guarded from the outside, from any passersby that may look at that, they're going to think, okay, that's just a stand of trees or some thicket or whatever the case may be. Not realizing that in that same area, there is actually productive food systems going on in there. Well, to a certain extent, that's operational security. Well, also you have preps, let's say in your house, let's say you have people come over. Um, do you want them seeing those things? Do you want them knowing about maybe, let's say you got a bunch of silver or whatever in the house or gold or whatever the case may be. Are you sure you want to be telling those people? Because frankly, I've had family members in the past and you know who I'm talking about, had a bug out location and told every, I mean, he told everybody. This guy was an employer and brought all of his employees to the property. To a bug out property. <laughs> yep. They all knew where everything was. Some of them knew better because they were hunting the land. Yeah. He yeah. had them hunting the land. Yeah. So whatever preps you have out there, you got to be careful about. You know, and right now we get a lot of people asking, hey, can we come out and visit? And yeah, we'll have that time hopefully in the spring. Right now, fall is really the worst time to have any kind of visitors because things are dying back. You're not going to be able to see things in real close detail. And here's the here's the difficulty, <laughs> is that we get this request so much, is that we would never if we were to if we were to allow everybody to come out when they'd like, we would never get anything done. So we're going to try to have something of an open house. We tried it. We were thinking about trying to do it last spring. We got so incredibly busy that never happened. Definitely doesn't make sense in the fall, but at the same time, we are content creators. We got a YouTube, we got a podcast. I'm sorry, Pimpcast. I gotta, I gotta get that right, son. Yep. We got all those things, and now the people coming by here, maybe they see things that we don't want them to see. So maybe there are things, you know, parts you don't allow people to come by if they can visit your house, or let's say you have certain things in your garage or in your house that may be sticking out. Maybe you don't want just anybody looking at that stuff. That is operational security in so many different ways. I mean, it takes many forms, but really seriously think about all those different ways in which you can be compromised when things go go sideways. I'm not saying if, but it's honestly, uh, it, I, I believe in my point of view, I really think it's a matter of if, I mean, when, not if, uh, things go sideways. I mean, they're already breaking apart right now. We'll talk about more of that in the world news, but before we get any further into it, son, apparently we had a number of people and thank you so much for your, uh, reviews and thank you for yep. putting ratings out there. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Thanks guys for your uh, reviews. And it was actually hard to pick, um, in fact, keep them up. Keep keep them yeah. up, y'all, so, and tell everybody so else. We're gonna do this uh, monthly. We're gonna do a knife giveaway monthly. And the guys on the everybody on the Fountain app, if you guys were leaving comments, however you guys were doing that, that counts as a review. That will count. Um, just for future knife giveaways and stuff like that. Well, hang on, man. Just you can't be the only way one giving stuff away here. You know, maybe yeah, in between. Are you trying to hijack? Okay, this is my thing. No, this no, you my got the thing. knife thing. So I'm gonna probably give something away for some reviews too. All right. Well, well, we'll I'll do mine the, the first. Well, okay. So mine is going to be the first month or the first week of every month. That's Maybe when I'll, I'm going to hold out mine. something for the second week. Okay. I'm going to hold mine the first week of every month. I'm going to pick a review that stands out and I'll remind you guys every podcast and stuff like that. But the winner of this one is, oh crap, where'd it go? 
Okay, there it is. Honorable mentions. Yeah, there's definitely some honorable mentions. Um, But the winner is Tip a NICU Nurse. Now, for a couple reasons, you won. A, I mean, you're a NICU nurse. My wife is also a NICU nurse. You live down in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Hold on, son. That can't be the criteria just because your wife is a NICU nurse. It was just an added bonus. But the thing that really stuck out was the fact that you said the only knife you've ever owned was a steak knife. You have to have another knife. You have to have another knife, especially if you plan on farming or uh, homesteading or anything like that. So, Joe D., you won. Um, so email us your, uh, email us your address at permapasturesfarm at gmail.com. What you won was a fixed blade, uh, bow river spider co knife. Now, Jody, please be careful. This is a sharp knife. Um, yeah, this is an interesting first legitimate knife. Yeah, man. You kind of went from basically, well, man, you went from a Yugo to a Ferrari right here, man. Yeah. You went from you walking went from a, <laughs> you went from walking to a Bugatti. Um, <laughs> so actually, uh got everybody on the fountain app. You guys will pick next month. It, it'll either be a fixed blade or a folder. I'll let you guys pick on the fountain app. All right. Well, Which I'm gonna be gonna giving be? away something. That's that's pretty what are you cool. gonna do. Uh, I don't know. It's probably going to be something uh, like some bone sauce or, you know, something else. I, I'm going to try to no, get you a little gotta more. you got to pick something else, Dad. Yeah, it's bone sauce, man. I just, dude, do you have any idea how much work I put into bone sauce? I guarantee I put a lot more work into that bone sauce than it took you, got, you to sharpen that knife. But they, can all, they can't buy this. Yeah, what? Yeah. What? Exactly. I'm giving away the bone sauce. You can buy the bone sauce, though. Yeah. <laughs> they could buy a knife, too. Well, they can't buy the one that I sharpened. Well, they can't buy the bone sauce I made because it's a proprietary recipe. <laughs> yes, they can. Man. We have a website. No, I mean, yeah, they can buy it, but, you know, they can't buy it by Dad, it, man. You're telling people that they can't buy bone sauce right no, now. No, they can Guys, buy it. y'all can I'm buy giving, bone sauce. No, you can buy it, but I'm giving this one away. So, I mean, there's only there can only be one. We're going straight Highlander on this one. Well, congratulations to Jody. I think so. Well, especially to all you uh, nurses out there, all you selfless yeah. people. Uh, there's still some good teachers in this world. There's still some good everybody in this world. And especially if you're working in the NICU. Oh, man. I, mean, I can't even like imagine. You're seeing the worst case scenario. Not only that, but I yeah. hear, you know, from a lot of the uh, people out there that we listen to, or at least the ones I listen to, apparently NICU nurses, nurses are having a really, really, really tough time right now in light of all the nonsense going on with. Um, you know, moms that have received some um, some jabs. So, man, it's really awful news. But, I mean, truth starts. Eh, the truth is starting to come out about all that. But anyway, you know, congratulations to you and all, and thank you so much to all the other people out there that have submitted reviews and all that other stuff. Did you have anything else you wanted to mention on that score, son? Yeah, I had a couple honorable mentions. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, this is from KMU on the on the verge. Uh, just heard about this podcast. These guys through a longtime friend in Home Depot over a catch-up conversation about what podcast we're listening to. I'm in the Marion, North Carolina area, and I hear these guys are real close. I'm loving the content, transparency, and good old-fashioned smack talk. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> that was Kevin. All right. Love it, Kevin. <laughs> yep. Uh, one more. Um, there's other permaculture podcasts, but Billy and William are the ones to listen to. They should be on auto download and a must listen. That's from built with two L's and one. I I know you (laughs) Bill T. Maybe that's it. Oh, okay. Bill T 21. Dig it. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Yeah. And there were a ton, a ton of like cheesehead Billy left a good comment. (laughs) Cheesehead Billy. Cheesehead Billy. Yeah. 
No, I mean, that's not the comment. Oh, that, I was they're not say, calling they you calling Cheez-It. Me? Like, that's what they're calling themselves. You brought this guy up? No. Call me a cheeseback rattler. Okay. Yeah, okay. Some of these guys, we're going to have to do a podcast where we just read reviews, honestly, because some of these are hilarious. Well, and it's yeah. just going to derail the whole podcast. All right, so and maybe, you guys know who I'm talking about. <laughs> all right, well, we'll say, you know what? Maybe in the next one we do on Thursday, we'll go ahead and spend some time on doing yeah. some of that. I mean, the world could definitely use a, a an uplift in all the grim, nasty, awful news out there. But, hey, we're not given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But it doesn't mean we can't have a sense of humor along the way, too. I mean, <laughs> despite what's going on. So thanks, everybody, for those. And keep them coming. I mean, tell people about this podcast. I'm sorry, Pimpcast. Man, I'll get that down Man. one of these days. Tell everybody you can about it. And um, honestly, um, really, I know we're light and, we're night and day different from every other farm podcast out there. And... Um, I think it's I'm think it's starting to show. We're starting to get our sea legs on this thing. We're about forty episodes in. Almost. Thirty-eight, right? Yeah, we're thirty-seven right now. No, we're thirty-eight. Getting, thirty-eight. This is thirty-seven. Well, you said thirty-eight at the beginning. I thought it said thirty-seven. Whatever. It's late. So deal with it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, whatever it is, I'm sure we'll figure it out before this thing hits the air. So hey, this is the pimp cast. That's all you need to know. All right, farm news. Oh, my goodness. Well, we had birds we were going to put in the freezer last weekend. Didn't happen. Um, Michelle got sick. And, uh, man, it seems like, like all it's... all of a sudden. Yeah, well, it's not just her. I was down at the feed store going by today. Carried down at the feed store. Man, she's laid up. Same sort of thing. Pinball had the same sort of thing. He seems to be, you know, fighting through it. I mean, it seems a number of others also are having a really tough time right now. So, something's floating around. And it definitely got a hold of her. And then, you know, she's had like a... You know, some other things happen today, too. But I'm telling you what, man, ain't nobody tougher than your mom. Nope. I mean, nope. man, I ain't never seen nothing like it, man. She can get to the point where she will. She is the worst person in the world to try to look after because you're you're looking after saying, look, stay still. Don't do anything. You turn your head one second, man. She's up. It's like she's pissed off that she felt pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's just never supposed yeah, to happen. Like, I'm like, are you all right? And she's out there. I mean, she made some bomb dinner tonight and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you need to go sit down. And then she'll work herself into oblivion. But, hey, keep praying for her. She was on the mend. She was back to 100%. And then now Sun she's handcuffs. Like, yeah, yeah. No, well, well. I guess that's okay as long as you don't send them to the Pelosi house. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, we had a uh, we had a concealed carry class. Um, um, that well, was cool. Yeah, that was, was that was cool. The best part of it was, uh, you know, we got to do it with Justin and Kendra. It was her first time ever shooting, and she did a pretty pretty yep. good job. And one one fix, and she's blowing holes through that that center target. Yeah, but but it was so cool to meet to meet all the other folks out there. Some of them listen to the podcast, yep. some of them don't, and it was just a real joy to get out there and do this with everybody. And you know, it honestly put back in. I mean, I was so out of practice, man. It's been forever in a day, and it, honestly, it was so embarrassing. I mean, I hit on target every single shot, but it was the fact that, you know, it. it I got better the more rounds I put down range, which goes to show you, folks, you got to practice. But, you know, I know everybody these days is thinking, man, you know, I, I really don't have time to go out there and do all this. But, you know, you're just going to have to allocate some money and some time and some resources and some bullets to do well, that. Actually, so. it was it wasn't bad at all. It was like uh, 80 bucks. The concealed carry class was 80 bucks. You didn't have to bring a gun. You didn't have to bring ammo. That's true. They fed you lunch. They gave you as many snacks as you needed. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they really, I don't know how that guy just must love teaching the class because I don't yeah, know how much I don't know how they, they made money. Yeah, I mean, they didn't make much. He didn't at least make much, and they only do it once a month. No, man. Anybody, they got another class coming up, too. And then, after you take the concealed carry class, he offers you a free uh, hour of training yeah. after the class. Like, whenever you just schedule a time to meet him at the range, and he'll do a free hour of training. Yeah, so I, we definitely want to go back to yeah. that. I mean, and they got other courses, too. They got, like, a, what was it, a 1,000-yard range? Got, yeah, they've got a 1,000-yard. They've got the tactical AR. They've got the home defense shotgun. They've got the... Uh, gunfighting with the concealed carry too. The they've got a bunch. They, yeah. I saw one on there where you like shoot from a vehicle, like a drive-by or something. I also saw holes in that vehicle. So yeah, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Somebody ain't doing so, it right. <laughs> yeah, big Ivy guns, y'all. You want to get your concealed carry or get some other training because we're going to keep going back. I'm pretty sure of that we're going to try to ship. Set. They'll ship to you. So they'll ship ammo directly to your house to most states, and they'll actually ship um a gun to your local gun store. Yeah, so that was yeah. pretty cool. So we'll we'll make you aware when we got more class or when they have more classes out there, we're gonna try to go back. So um What yeah, are you just, gonna carry, Dad? Huh? What do you think about carrying? What do you what are you thinking about carrying? I always carry what No, that, no, no. Which what gun are you thinking about carrying? I always carry the same thing that um the little Smith and Wesson. The oh. thirty eight. Because I okay. can put it in my pocket, you know? I mean I like to keep that thing. I mean when I'm when you're on the farm, you can pretty much carry anything you want, but I'm starting to warm up more and more to the idea of open carry. Bobby Spaggs, a friend of mine, you know, he makes a pretty convincing argument. You have to assert your rights. And um, I think I'm going to start carrying open more often than I have in the past. I mean, there's a definitely a double-edged sword for that, but I definitely get his point um, that he had made. This is years ago. That I, I wonder if Bobby still has the same position. I'll have to talk to him about that. But, hey, on another note, um, folks, I don't know exactly what's going on, and I talked about it briefly before. But for some reason, we are not getting emails. Um, and some of the ones we're sending out apparently aren't getting sent. And I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I know we deal with Gmail right now, and that's got to go. And we told you about that phenomenon where I hit up. I wrote to three different solar generator generation companies. And all three of them, no matter how many times I tried, returned undeliverable. I kid you not. That happened before. And now all of a sudden, like I'm trying to email Jason at So the Land and a number of other people, because frankly, we got that butcher class coming out yeah. on the first. And tomorrow. You could, yeah, tomorrow. So you can check it out through the YouTube channel. Anybody want to know how to well, we'll put up a video, but I'm telling we don't necessarily have it linked, or I guess we can link it in this podcast to class. Um uh, I don't We'll see what we can do. Maybe. It's probably, we're going to link be, it. There will definitely be a video tomorrow that comes out that will link that. Well, we'll see if we can't link it tonight also yeah. because it'll be active tomorrow. But, yeah, it officially goes hot on the 1st, and this is a comprehensive butchery class. And, look, I didn't teach. Just so everybody knows, there is a reason I teach you the basics of homestead butchery. We're not going to go through charcuterie. We're not going to go through anything fancy. The only thing is the very, very basics. You can go online and figure out how to – Make your bacon and stuff like that until I do a video on it. But the reason I'm not covering all that charcuterie and all that different stuff, a lot of those things, I think a lot of homesteaders who are hiring some of these highfalutin people to bring in to teach you butchery, I think it's a colossal mistake. And here's the reasons why. You're worried about doing charcuterie and high-end cuts before you've... It's like teaching a basketball player to, to slam before they've learned to dribble. Learn how to dispatch that animal. I am telling you the right way to do it because I know what I'm doing. 
learn, get good at dispatching the animal. Gut, skin it. Or, and the reason I teach skinning in this is because it applies to every animal. Pigs are the only ones you're ever going to scald. And if you can skin a pig, you can skin every other you animal. got that right. Yeah, pigs are tough. So if you can skin a pig, but we show you in this video. And then we show you how to break down into primals and how to do the cuts and how to make grind. So it's a very basic course, but it is very comprehensive. You're not going to find anything better unless I'm teaching you in person. And we're going to try to do more of those as, uh, you know, as time rolls by. So I know everybody and their great-grandmother hitting me up about that. So I know this has been long in the tooth in the farm section. So we're going to go ahead and get into the world news. And I got to <laughs> I got to cover this. Well, um, wow, this is, this is crazy. And this isn't something Aaron T. Scott, by the way, sent me this. And by the way, there was a lot of people out there that really loved her interview. So yeah, they, a, they said so on the fountain app too. Yeah, man, we're going to get her back on. Um, and like I said, she only gave you about 1% of what she knows. So we're going to have, and I'm going to try to get her on YouTube, but we're going to have to keep it within like the homesteading realm. I can't have her go too deep on YouTube or where there ain't going to be a YouTube. They basically scrubbed her from uh, YouTube completely. So we're going to leave the deeper stuff to this platform until they decide. And well, until Elon Musk buys, <laughs> buys YouTube also, which by the way, I'm not sure he's going to make much difference to Twitter in the long run. Anyway, um, 75% of the U S winter wheat harvest is suffering from drought. And that's from Tyler Durden. And that's over at zero hedge. Now he, th they're not revealing anything that you and I didn't already know. Right. Because of some of the contacts we have, and I probably shouldn't say who some of the contacts we knew that the people that are growing wheat have not been putting it in the ground because it's too doggone dry. Um, and it even goes on to say that in this, in this article that they're worried about the uh, fertilizer evaporating in the soil before the plants ever get a chance to emerge. So what does this mean? At the end of the day, we're talking more and more about famine. I'm not, I'm not saying this to freak anybody out. I got to tell you that like it is y'all, I would not be doing anybody a service if I didn't tell you the way it's really going down. 75%. Are you kidding me? And also think from like the farmer's point of view, they have to think about whether or not it makes sense to spend the money on the fertilizer, the seed, the diesel for the tractors that they and all don't that have. stuff that they don't have and everything, just, the prices on all of that just went up. So even like they're less likely to take the risk of wasting that seed than they were to, and they would last year. So we year never, before. so like always, we never provide a problem without offering some solutions. And we're going to, that's going to be our main event, guerrilla gardening methods and where to go to make those things happen. That's what we're going to talk about here and the things you can plant right now, especially this time of year. So that's one of the things. Remember, we bring up a problem. We always give you a solution, at least one. And then, you know, so speaking of that diesel shortage, Hang on, before I move on, let me just back up. This is something to consider. So the typical harvest is typically between 35 to 40 bushels per acre. Last two years, it was zero to five bushels per acre. Now they're telling you that 75% of they can't even plant the stuff, okay? So I'll leave it up to you to what that means. And it doesn't, it doesn't bode well. It doesn't bode well. There are some places, I was talking to uh, Jason yesterday, he said they were sewing up in Kentucky. That's good news. But Nebraska, Kansas, South Dakota, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, I mean, all those places right now, I mean, they're not able to do a whole lot. Do you think that's by design? Do you think that's happenstance? What, what do you think? I mean, for crying out loud, I smell a rat. I think everybody's smelling a rat in terms of all this. Now, let's go to that diesel thing, Sean. Let, I'm bringing this up because, and I kind of brought it up in today's, today is Halloween. 
I mean, we don't celebrate it and we don't have anything to do with it for a whole variety of reasons. Um, but we put out that video today and we, I talked briefly about that diesel shortage and the thing that's driving me nuts about it. Now I remember working now I lasted there all of one day at this particular refinery. Now folks, I'll make no bones about the fact that I've been an IBEW union electrician for a lot of years and I'm something of what we call hall trash. So I spent a lot of years as a traveler. Um, only, only a certain, only a certain segment of this population is going to get what I'm talking about there. But anyway, I spent a lot of time going from um, job to job because when the job's over, you go on down the road, go find another job. We spent a lot of time employed. We spent a lot of time doing a lot of overtime, and I was one of those people that would chase money, going from place to place. So it gave me the opportunity to work in a wide variety of places, and one of some of those places have been refineries. Okay. Now, I remember being down at the Winniewood Refinery in Oklahoma. It's just south of Oklahoma City, south of Norman. I was working down there one time, and I want to say that was in 05. There's a whole other story into this, too, that really doesn't speak well of the area, but that's another story altogether. I I got in this refinery, and, of course, they give you, like, the lowdown of how it works and all this stuff and the safety uh, brief that you go through before you start working there. And I remember them telling me, and this is actually what made me drag up and quit, was um, it was less money to pay for our, quote, death benefits than it was to actually make that refinery work the way it should. Wow. Yeah, so they actually told us that in it the safety It was cheaper brief. for you to die. <laughs> yeah, they said it was cheaper to pay for our death benefits, and they said it so matter-of-factly that I was like, do what? Am I the only one here that's aggravated by this? Well, I didn't even make the entire day. I didn't even. I said, "Look, just get my money. I'm out." <laughs> I, I and I was I was needing work in those days. Believe me. Um, so I said, "Look, I'm I'm dragging up on you people. I'm heading on down the road." Well, also in that brief, and in some of the refineries that I've worked at, a lot of them in Oklahoma. Um, you always, I was taught there that diesel comes off the top. Basically, diesel was a byproduct of making everything else. So let me ask you, son, just tell me if this makes any sense to you. So how can there be a mass, if there's a massive diesel shortage, then why isn't there a massive shortage of unleaded or anything else? If unleaded, I mean, if diesel is essentially the byproduct, which is what they taught us, if it was essentially the byproduct of making everything else, then there ought to be a lot of it. Yeah. Otherwise, there'd be shortages and everything else. Yeah. So I'm. I, there's a piece of me wondering how much of this is one massive psyop, how much of it is contrived, how much of it is controlled, how much of it is somebody sitting on this stuff because it doesn't even make sense to me. Is it making any sense to you? No, it doesn't make sense to me. But, I mean, it really – I mean, I don't think we should even spend time discussing whether or not it's, like, contrived or not. It's well, definitely contrived. At this point, guys – if you don't think this is contrived or controlled in any kind of way, I don't know what to tell you. Well, there's basically saying by the 15th of November, this thing is running out. And I don't see anybody freaking out yet, but you might want to get some backup plans for Thanksgiving because if yeah. this goes down like this, if diesel, okay, how do you think, I heard some dope say, uh, well, I use unleaded. Well, how do you think the unleaded got there in a diesel truck? <laughs> yeah. How do you think it got there? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I'm not going to spend much time on that, but... Folks, uh, be thinking of plan B all the way down to Z. And uh, so I got to, son, there's no way, no way I ain't going to cover this Pelosi thing. Yep. Okay. 
What? <laughs> okay. I've heard a couple different. I've heard a couple different. That this was a lover's quarrel. <laughs> okay, what else? <laughs> I don't think Pelosi did it because she's probably too drunk. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I, I mean, know. Nancy, look what you drove this man to. <laughs> I mean, it's come to this. So, uh, you know, there was a meme put out by, um, oh, man, really, really intrepid reporter, uh, Laura Logan. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, she's been dropping tactical nukes of information, especially as it pertains to child trafficking. And, uh, man, I like that woman more and more every day, man. She's she's extraordinary. I ought to try to get her on the show. So um, she put out this meme. So if we're to believe the media, a rainbow flag-wearing nudist prostitute got up at 2 a.m. Friday morning decided to create two random websites with hundreds of posts about QAnon and Big Brother in the dead of night, then stripped down to his underwear, grabbed a hammer, and jogged all the way over to Nancy Pelosi's house, and miraculously breached two layers of uh, maximum-level Secret Service security designed to protect the third most powerful person <laughs> in the world, with nothing but a hammer and some nighty whities Dead. On the photo, like the aerial photo of the broken glass. Yeah. Okay, so the doors that have broken glass are closed, and the doors to the left of them, the ones that aren't broken, are open. They're just swinging wide open. Oh, it, Also, it, like, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Nancy came home, found, what's his name? The dude? Her I husband. don't know, man. They're all freaking. Her husband found know. her husband with this other dude checked up, and they were he, she was drunk. Went upside his head. Huh? Both of them. That's why they got that guy in custody <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> she beat the brakes off both of them. <laughs> now they got into her ice cream stash and her bourbon, man. Finally shouted, where's Nancy? Before smacking Paul in the head with a hammer. In front of the cops, without being absolutely riddled by bullets, the guy... <laughs> so this dude was Jason Bourne. He beat him in front of the cops. Like, oh, now that y'all are here... So she was like, okay. Yeah, yeah now that y'all are here, let me just go upside his head come on as if he was like yeah go ahead and call the cops <laughs> i want someone to see this well this is san francisco man i'm like come on man there is no man. way there is no way on earth i wasn't going to talk about this i know it has nothing to do with farming but come on y'all you got to see the comedy in this and then like i mean the the the, the ridiculous narrative from the word go is man. what has me cracking up like he's just gonna kick in the door. Where's Nancy? <laughs> yeah, ain't got no draws on. And then you know he comes rolling in there. I mean, come on, man. man. And how you know the thing that's most insulting about this is the fact that they think I'm stupid enough to buy this nonsense. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the part that really. And then if you look at the mugshot of the guy, like, like, like what do you want from like me? He just got caught up in the wrong relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, but they, they said an unknown person uh, made the caller open the door. Okay, isn't that relevant? I mean, who opened the door? Or the cryptic phone call. Like the cryptic phone call to the police. Like, yeah, you might want to come, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but if you look at this, third most, I mean, third in line for the presidency of the United <laughs> States. I mean, honestly, it might even be a, an improvement over what we got here. But I mean, good night, man. It's like the Apple Dumpling Gang went to D.C. <laughs> I mean, man, this is actually an improvement. All right, we got to change the topic, y'all. When we get back, we'll get down to guerrilla gardening. When they get the word, I do as I'm directed, I'm not the kind of 
something unexpected. I do everything the doctors tell me. Follow all those pills they sell me. I'm afraid that germs might kill me. Vaccine zombie, zombie. I forgot how to think for myself, yeah. I don't understand a thing about health, yeah. I do the same as everyone else. I'm a vaccine zombie, zombie. Do you hear it? It's getting closer. When I took the shot, did my face turn blue? I started feeling hot inside, but I didn't have a clue what to do. Well, that's definitely okay. So that was Mike Adams, vaccine zombie. Now, whoever knew that Mike Adams, the health ranger, would actually be a rapper at the same time? But I wish he would have sent the lyrics to Joel. I gotta be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I wish he would have just sent that one on over to Joel. <laughs> no, Joel, rip. I mean, I'd love to see what they'd come up with with Van Tesla, but no, man. I think it. I, I think it actually hits the theme of today. I mean, it's you know all Hallow's Eve for some people. It ain't. It ain't for us. And in fact, I encourage everybody to stay away. I mean, as I said in that YouTube video, man, I mean, you got to be wondering, man, is Paul Pelosi going to be answering that door in his underwear holding a hammer? <laughs> is it going to be, is it going to be, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, folks, if you knew the full extent of what happens on this day, we're, we're advocates for vets for child rescue. We, we stand against people that harm kids and you would be shocked at how many kids come up missing. And Laura Logan actually kind of talked about this, you know, right before Halloween and some of these other satanic high days, um, a lot of these kids come up missing. So, um, they better not come up in these mountains. They steal those, uh, Mexicans dog down there. Oh man. man. It's on. Man, my homes, who you think you're playing with, man? <laughs> I'm telling you what, dude, those guys down the way, man, you're going to be fed to those dogs. Man, they looked, there were four guys down by the, the tree down there at that trailer. They were just standing by the tree, and they all looked rough for a second, and then I waved, and then they all started smiling and waving to Man, them. I don't know, man. That one Vato I seen down there looked like he had smoked somebody over an $8 bet, man. I don't I don't know, dude. I'm going to make sure. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'll go say hi to these guys, man. Cute puppies. Smell good. They'll keep up. Yeah, I want to go down there and see what's up to them, man. But yeah, these seem like some pretty cool dudes, man. My yeah. kind of people out there. Um, First thing they put in was the chicken coop. Man, that's how I roll. So I need to go over there and try to talk to these guys, man. Anyway, um, that's some of the folks down the road. Anyway, topic of the day. And this also goes on the heels of what we were just talking about regarding some of the wheat, uh, the drought going on, clearly, the diesel shortage. Look, some of this stuff, there's nothing we can do about. I mean, but there are some that we can somewhat kind of um, mitigate. And this is actually going right back to, um, for those that haven't checked them out, you need to check out Eric cider. If you're living in a city lot or you're living in an apartment balcony, I mean, there's nobody, there's nobody better out there to get you squared away on a lot of this stuff. And he has the urban chicken tractor on steroids going on his YouTube channel right now. Got to get him out to North Carolina, man. Um, because I'm telling you what, there's there's so many awesome ways in which you can be growing food right now. Because a lot of people are saying, hey, I live in a small postage stamp. Well, guess what? That's where you take the right dog to the hunt, and that dog is Gorilla Gardening. Yep. I mean, think about the places you could do this. Think about the places I've already demonstrated, and a number of them that, frankly, I didn't have time to film it or anything. But there's all these different places where you can do it, and we're going to talk about some. That, okay, for an exa- as an example how easily it can be done and how like if you're thinking other people are going to steal your food this is how oblivious people are dad had planted some trombuccinos which are huge squash or no were they uh were they they trombuccinos they were trombuccinos which are huge in the way of people going to work like you drive past these plants slowly on your way into work like five miles an hour and not a single one of them were taken no not a single one not one 
Not one. Now, that's an extreme example. If people were hungry enough, I guarantee somebody would have snatched them up. I bet they wouldn't. I bet they'd be so scared that it would be toxic or like poisonous or that's something like that. That's a good point. That's Everybody's a really so good point. Everybody's so scared about what's going to be toxic or like poisonous or anything like and that. And we're so we're so less in touch with, with the world today that really most people, you're, you're right. That's why I said in so many different ways, you could have grown through the summer. Uh, you could have been growing sweet potatoes in plain sight. And yeah. everybody, what's that ivy that... That's invasive out here. I can't English think of, ivy. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to mistake it for English ivy out here unless they look closely. But like from a distant, well, I mean, like we're going to easily tell the difference between, you know, sweet potatoes and English ivy, or we're going to at least notice that there's a different vine on that you know, around. But most there. people are going to walk people past won't. that. Yeah. So that's where you want to employ the right dog to the hunt. And I'm going to try to do some videos. I know we're up to our eyeballs in so many different things. But I'm going to try to do that again now in the fall. I mean, think about these places you could go alongside interstates because ain't nobody mowing through the, you know, I had a couple of patches got mowed down. Yeah. Man, they, yeah. Had, <laughs> man, they had traumachinos flying everywhere up well, out of that tractor. A couple of them got covered up by mulch, too. Yeah. There was that, man. I had a, man, I had a ball and sweet potato patch going. You know what your traumachino patch is going to look like next year, though? I know. They're going to have a nightmare. I know. They're going to have, <laughs> they yeah. Spread those seeds everywhere. Yeah. That, <laughs> man, I put them seeds. And I use my secondhand seeds, okay? So all the seeds that we don't want to keep for, you know, growing, I keep them all. So even the ones that don't do great, those are the ones I use typically for gorilla gardening. And, these are not my number one seeds. The very best we keep right here. But the ones that aren't so great, that's what I use for gorilla gardening. And believe it or not, if you do it right, you could probably have a, quite a few of them that come up well. And we did. And um, so, I mean, that was a lot of chicken food out there. And you can eat it yourself if you have to. But like William said, there was that one place that was at a local college. We put it there. Think of how many schools out there. The beauty about doing fall gardening is that there's not going to be a whole lot of landscapers around. So you can grow a lot of stuff out there without any fear of somebody mowing it down. Well, there will be. The landscapers will be out there, but they'll be blowing leaves. Yeah, but they're not, they're not going to be doing much else. Yeah, by and large, they're not going to be messing with a whole lot of stuff right now. But they're like like Joel Salatin said, and I keep going back to it. It's one of his lines from way back. was, you know, people are growing weed in national parks. Nobody ever thought about growing tomatoes. Yeah. Well, think about all these public places that are out there, public parks. I mean, I would love if, I mean... It, Man, you and if I ever find myself in New York City, I'm going to see how many places I could gorilla garden in Central Park. If you'd go to like a national park and you go into the woods a little bit and you clear out like a couple of the trees in the understory, you'd be amazed at how much light you actually break through. And uh, actually, James and Ashley, they're doing it on their YouTube channel. Their property is straight up forest and they have to create light patches for their gardens. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about is that you can do that. I remember there was this place in Lawrence, Kansas, where it was alongside that lake there. I can't remember the name Clinton. of it. Clinton. Yeah, Clinton Lake. I hate the name, though. Um, anyway, alongside Clinton Lake, there were so many places up in there where if you just got off the trail, most people don't get off the trail. No. If you were to get off the trail in a couple of places, because most people are afraid to get off the trail. They're used to walking in this designated trail. If you get off the trail, you'd be shocked at how many different places out, out there you could be planting all kinds of wonderful things. Um, like I said, schools, colleges, interstate, public places. I mean, I was yeah. out there, and I'm going to tell this story again because it is relevant. I was over there at this apartment complex, and I even talked about it in the video where I'm over there doing my thing. I was putting in some trombuccinos over there. Guy comes up. He's got a dog, and um, 
you know, I, he was polite and nice. And so I was nice to him as well. And he says, what are you doing? And my first reaction was minding my own <laughs> business. What are you doing? And I didn't, I mean, it was just, you know, I had to, I had to behave myself. It was just, he startled me a little bit and uh, I'm glad I didn't because the way it turned out was here's what he, here's the offer he made. So if all you people telling me I don't have land, here's how this went down. And it's on a very steep side of his property. Well, it turns out the guy, when he saw what I was doing, he saw me with a trowel, he saw me with a bucket and I had a little bit of soil in there, uh, compost actually, and some seeds. I told him what I was doing and I said, I was guerrilla gardening and I'm just kind of, and then he says, well, I own this property. I'm like, well, good to meet you. My name is Billy. <laughs> and, uh, and so I kind of laughed about it. He says, um, I'll tell you what, I mean, he gave me to work with if I wanted it, an entire acre over there. It was, yeah. he owned, um, I can't remember the name of that road, but basically he owned the apartment complex. He owned the apartment complex where he was actually living there was two different apartment complexes and there's this little interstitial area between it. It's about an acre. And he says, I'll tell you what, um, if you can, if you can make this into something right here, we'll talk about giving you more. And I talked about it in the video. So just like that, here it was, you got people throwing land at you back in Texas. We talked about this before in some of our earliest videos. I was, I was doing this at my job on yeah. a construction site, yep. got With the videos chickens. to prove it, even had chickens, started a food forest, and had I been there, had I stayed there, believe me, that place would be something else by now. Um, I even got permission. There was a parole office that was next door, and if you knew the guys I worked with, well, you'd realize how <laughs> convenient that was. Um, anyway, a bunch of these outlaws would go over there from time to time, go check in with the PO, and they had two acres back there. Had I stayed there, I'd basically had the approval to run sheep and everything else right there. It, it was like a, um, it was in Sherman, Texas. It was basically a little area that was a, I guess you'd call it like a um, industrial zone. Like an industrial zone. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I guess you can call or it commercial that. zone yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Was there, like the UPS building was over there too. Wasn't yeah. It? There was yeah. a bunch of stuff over there. In fact, we had, a, we had our fifth wheel parked on the job. You brought it up there that time. Yep. And so it was, I mean, I was living on the job. I worked two, two and a half hours away from my uh, farm. So it just made sense to, you know, at the time we had a spare fifth wheel. So we just brought it out there. I was living in it, saving all kinds of money, made me, made it, made us able to make this transition much, much faster because we were able to save a lot of money. But the point being is there I was, I was farming outside that fifth wheel. I was farming on that construction job, even open doors because now I had a demonstration site. Think about this. Just like Curtis Stone, you know, had going with his. Now that I had that demonstration site on my construction zone, once I had that, there were people that were asking questions. And they were like, well, hey, we got this little two acres back here. You want to do something with it? Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Can I run uh, sheep? And had I been at that job, they had another 20 acres out there. Uh, the owner, or not the owner, the, basically the guy running the whole operation, he was actually open to the idea of me running cows back there. That's so... Cool. And then I could have been running pigs up in the woods. And believe me, you know these old boys down there, man. They were all about it. Yeah. So they were wanting to go pig hunting. They were wanting to do all this. And I'm like, man, forget a bunch of pig hunting, man. Let's just raise some pigs out here. So what I'm saying, y'all, this gorilla gardening thing, and think about the things you could be growing. I mean, I mean, just off the top of my head, obviously comfrey. And, you know, that's medicine. Think about yarrow. Think about all the things you could be growing out there that are medicine. You could be putting in strawberry starts everywhere right now. Yep, you could be putting in garlic too. Yeah, daffodils. I mean, you're not going to eat those, but 
Daylilies. Daylilies, Every yeah. part of that is edible. Absolutely. Kale, lettuce. I mean, how about some chard, onions? Yep. I mean, all those things you could be putting in right now. I mean, to supplement, let's just say I'm seeing shortages right now in the store. And guess what? Let's say it's onions or let's say it's some of these other things. I mean, think about all these different places, some of which I've provided, and I'm a person that has land. And I'm finding these places left and right because I'm trying to evangelize this magnificent design science called permaculture. And if you can create, just get yourself one foothold. And just like Greg Judy talked about in his first book, and that was actually what gave me a lot of the ideas that I have, was uh, inspired by Greg Judy, that all of a sudden when you have yourself a demonstration site, no matter how big, no matter how small, it demonstrates that you show competency to some extent. It does. And so any would-be person that's thinking about, oh, like like Curtis Stone did. I mean, he's another good example. Oh, go out here. Look what I did uh, to Joe Blow down the street. Okay. Now um, let's talk about what I can do for you yeah. and how we can partner up. You know, maybe um, obviously if you're doing like a market garden or something like that, well, there's going to have to be something in it for you. But also right. the person who you're working with, they get something out of it. Maybe too. they get a basket or something like that, like a basket every so often. Or maybe you just inspired them. I mean, maybe you just turn that front yard into something that has inspired them to do something else. Maybe it opens up other opportunities. But until you get that, uh, oh, another good example. We had a teacher at this um, at that gun, uh, that concealed carry class. Yeah, she's in oh, one of the yeah. towns over. Yeah, yeah. I better not say where, but she's in one of the towns over. And she's actually thinking about having us come in there and talk to her students about some stuff. That'd be cool. And she's even going to the principal to see if we can get in there and do some, like maybe a permit. I mean, that's one of the things that's really big on my list. One of the things I really want to accomplish, I want to put in some permaculture orchards in schools. I mean, public schools. I'm talking like, I want to get them when they're young too. I'm talking like yeah. elementary where kids can go out there and pick some stuff. How cool would it be if kids can literally pick this stuff off the tree? Because one of my earliest memories as a kid was going to an apple orchard. Um, back when I was a kid, we were busted. I mean, you got six boys being raised by a single grandmother at the time. There's a whole story behind that. Maybe in the book, I'll cover how that, why that was the case. But anyway, we didn't go anywhere. Didn't do much, but I was happy. And everybody else around us was as broke as we were. So when they took us on a field trip to school, that was a very big deal. I mean, back in those days, I remember not being able to sleep. So I remember they took us to an orchard. And I and smells are the most evocative things you will ever have in your life. You ever smell something and it just kind of takes you back to a place, a time. Now, those things can be pleasant or they can be unpleasant. But for me... William always dogs me about apples and this affinity and love I have for them. Well, the reason why was because my first exposure to this apple orchard, the way it smelled, that old wood they had in this old place in, uh, it was small town Pennsylvania. I want to say it was in Lancaster or somewhere around there. And it was so indelible in my life that, it, you know, all these years later, it sticks with me. So that's why I want to be able to start at an elementary school maybe a junior high, get these kids when they're young so they can maybe replicate the experience I had as a kid in that, you know, when I was just a little sprout and what that did for me and what it created in me. I mean, 
I just want to make that experience happen for all the little kids out there. So, man, they go out there. Maybe we put in a food forest. Maybe we put in an orchard because it's a little more translatable yeah. as an orchard. That'd be cool if they put in a food forest as elementary kids and started harvesting from it as like high schoolers or something. Yeah, how cool would that be? I yeah. mean, it's just it's just a joy to be able. So that's one of the big things. There's two big things in my to-do list on down the road. That's number one. Number two, I want to graze cattle alongside a highway, public land, yep. city land, county land, whatever it is. I want to I want to make Joel Salatin's vision. I want to I want to prove that it can be done. There are so many things that we've done so far that everybody has said to you and me and everybody else that it can't be done, and we've done it. Yeah, and we're going to keep doing it. And it's what gets me up in the morning. But honestly, being able to influence these kids early on about where their food comes and give them that fascination, that childlike wonder. And hope and pray they don't lose it. I mean, public school does have a tendency of making you do that, but I want to graze. I want to run pigs through a national forest with <laughs> clandestine, <laughs> clandestine pigs, man. I, actually, one of my I'll ideas. I'll see you in eight months. <laughs> well, you know what I was thinking about doing also is alongside the highway down there. I've been talking about the clandestine chicken tractor, where I disguise it like one of those little green transformers mm-hmm. and run me some chickens. <laughs> <laughs> out there, man, people would probably be losing their ever-loving minds. I'm going to well, be moving 50 feet at a time. <laughs> well, I'm telling you all, it can be done. Think about all those places where you can gorilla garden, y'all. There are so many awesome options out there. I'm hopeful, regardless of the outcome. Boost the positive energy without one. Sorry about the jab. I'm on a holy field. I'm bearing fruit, but demons try to eat them like Yoshi meal. I'll piss them off the Batman like Falcone deals. Jungle full of predators. I know how Mowgli feels. So I got the fire. Refuse to live in fear. I can spot suppliers. Eating they fresh shrubs. Call me private label. I be leaving breadcrumbs. All right. Well, there's no doubt who that came from. That one's Joel. That one's called Stockholm. Well, it totally fits, man. Um, I'll tell you what, man. I'm I'm really digging Joel, man. I, I'll tell you what, man. I've really got to hit him up about some of this esoteric stuff that I ran into the other day. But yeah. that's another story and another podcast. Speaking of podcasts, you, your buddy over there at... Uh, yeah, Tony from um, The Confessionals, they just released uh, the Expedition Dogman on uh, Amazon. So if ever, anybody could go out there, check it out, rent it, buy it, leave a review. Apparently He's really having problems, Yeah, right? but here's the thing is that they're having issues with, with reviews. Like, he just released it, and, um, like, nobody – that like, the people he asked to, like, go ahead and leave a review, nobody can leave a review. Mm, like, I tried, like our email. and it wasn't even – like, it wouldn't let me – like, the buttons weren't working. Like, it would bring me to the screen, but nothing was functioning on the screen. And that was on no matter what device I used it on. Mm. So – yeah, it seems like stuff all the way around. All right, for, right out of the gate, Jacques. Uh, he's asking, hey, when you butcher those ginger chickens, would you show on a video? Man, this writing is really small. It's tough for me to see. But uh, what these chickens look like after after it's butchered. I would like to know what the average weight and the skin color of these chickens. Also, in your uh, video, buying time for meat birds, you said the birds will be 17 weeks old when you butcher them. Uh, since they're 17 weeks old, old can these be used as fryers sorry y'all it's really tough to read it i don't know why this font is very very small um and will it be tough okay check it out all right we were going to do them at 15 weeks um actually i don't know what i said exactly as far as time in that video but it will be officially 16 weeks and i never ever let them get beyond 16 weeks anymore because that's when it that's when the males really start that's when the roosters start acting like roosters they start to ripping and they've already shown some signs of that. 
Not as bad as typically they would be because we are, I mean, we're going to do it this Wednesday. Hopefully everything goes right. And, uh, Usually when that happens, I mean, 16 weeks is usually the demarcation when that happens. So I'm not sure what you mean by the, well, I can give you the average weight possibly, but we're going to be cutting these birds up in a variety of ways. So I'm not sure that I can give a total average because we're going to be doing them. uh, We'll leave some whole, but we're going to use the uh, strong bond method as far as um, piecing out some of these birds. And we'll hopefully try to show that again. Um, A little method that Darren Strong over at... um, over at Hacks for the Homesteader and I came up with years ago. And it works well, especially for those of you that are putting these things in like a small, I mean, we could get 60, I think we did a video where we got 40 of them in there, but I know we we could could get get 60 60 birds into one of those like half freezers, the ones that are above your fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could, we got 40 in there and we had enough room in there to get 60. I'm not going to be able to demonstrate that video because I, I can't, I can't just cut them all up, but we do have that video out there. So we're going to be processing them probably a number of ways based on our needs. And um, anyway, as far as uh, how tough they're going to be, really, I don't care. And I'll tell you why, because a lot of these guys, we're going to use them. We didn't even need these birds. The only reason we got them this time out was simply because we needed the compost. We needed to um, yeah, fix all yeah, that really. junk, that bag soil we screwed up and put in there to begin with. We weren't going to do the chicken tractor on steroids until that happened. No, a lot of these guys are going to wind up being canned. And uh, believe me, they... Or they, freeze-dried. Well, to some extent or another. But I'll let you know how they turn out. Typically, 16 weeks, they got a little bite to them. But most people in the world, when they eat their chickens, they always have a little bite. America is the only place where we're expecting to eat some Cornish crosses. So There's French recipes that require two-year-old roosters. Yeah. Yeah, that's what <laughs> like I'm talking. Cook of is well, supposed to have a two-year-old rooster. Well, the flavor on these older birds are so much better, but they're—I mean, if they're old layer, man, they're tough to deal with when yeah. it comes to that. But yeah, you can braise them in such a way to where they—they're really not bad at all. So a lot of these guys, and then plus their bones, they bioaccumulate all that wonderful stuff because they are considerably older. But we will use a—we'll be using the whole carcass on these guys, especially in these times. There's going to be a whole lot put back for preparedness. But thank you so much for the question, shot. I gotta eat this. Question literally came in while we're recording the podcast, but this is from uh, Walter. As an electrician, are you planning solar backup or a generator or both? I'm hooked up to natural gas and would love a generator running on it, but in reality, a battery backup makes far more sense. I can store from the grid initially at best time and then set a couple solar panels to trickle charge them to maintain them. My problem is calculating how many deep cell gel batteries I will need to create 30 amps of 24 volt electricity to power the well pump. Have you ever done any of this? Might be something you could help us with. None of the electricians in my town do off-grid stuff. Yeah. Peace, Walter, a.k.a. Dusty Splinters on YouTube. All righty, Dusty. Um, check it out. Yes and yes. Uh, we're in the same position right now as well. Now, the number one means that we have, like you, our well runs on 240. 240 volts for those that don't know out there. Pretty much everything else in the house, not everything, your stove, your dryer, if it's electric, of course, that's 240 as well. Um, Maybe your heating unit, depending on where you live also. Now, the number one way around that is getting a generator. It's easier with a gas or a, um, a generator that runs on natural gas or something like that. Uh, problem it is, problem is, is that it's not meant for sustained use. So we have a combination of both. And honestly, for the very reasons I talked about in the beginning, operational security is the reason why I haven't discussed a lot of this. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to have to do that video. I think I'm going to have to get it done because there are too many people that need this information. 
The problem with the solar setup is um, to get 240 out of that to run, and you're you're smart to consider that. When you get 240 out of those setups, it's significantly more expensive. So I'm thinking, okay, what are the critical things I need? Well, getting water up out of that well, and for us, it's 650 feet deep. So one of our high priorities has been we also have water backup, rainwater catchment, because that way we can put it into a manifold, and instead of trying to pump it up from down that well at 240 volt, well, I can gravity feed it and use a DC pump to power to pump the, in the entire house if I want it. Uh, hot water. Might be thinking about a solar water heater. That's something else we're trying to get done. We're, like I said, folks, it's a mad scramble to get a lot of things done for the very same reasons. But as far as your 240, it's too complicated a question to answer really in this format. And it's almost something I'm going to have to demonstrate. But yes, I mean, I'm, I know how to do those things. And that's exactly what I do as an electrician. And like you and so many others, that well runs on 240. So you got to have it. And the primary way in which I'm getting that 240 is I got generator and generator and generator. I got generator backup. And I also got dual fuel generators that run on both gasoline and propane. Got a lot of propane here. Um, is it a long-term forever solution? No, but rainwater, I can pretty much count on that. All right. Um, I'll try to give you a better example in the future, and we'll try to do more in terms of uh, explaining explaining how that goes down. I'm sorry. I, I wish I could give you a better answer, but that's the best I can do right now. So we'll do a video on it, basically. We'll have to, yeah, okay. because 240, we're getting it from our generators. That's going to be the easiest and most inexpensive way to do it. If you try to do it through a solar generator, I guarantee it's not going to be enough to power your house for any sustained period of time, unless you're like TAG, and your whole house is set up entirely on that. So you got to come up with something of a hybrid system. So... I'll definitely give that some serious thought and definitely do more videos of it, but that's going to take some time to unfold. So hang with me there. All right. Um, Arlene, uh, good morning. Went to the back to the land festival and listened to, I believe your son, William, uh, enjoyed it very much. Does he have a video on YouTube about composting or any other videos? <laughs> Thank you in advance. Yes, we do. We have playlists. Oh man. Uh, actually we have more playlists concerning composting than we do anything else. We have the Chicken Tractor on Steroids playlist, which are all talking about 30-day compost systems. A lot of people think it talks about the meat production, but it, the focus is really compost. Um, same thing with the 18-day compost. Uh, we do that with animal bedding, and then I think just the traditional 18-day compost as well. If you want your way around these shortages, y'all, you have got to get better at composting. You really do. That's going to be your number one source. We're going to have to. We don't have a choice. I mean, with all these things they're threatening, contrived and controlled, whatever they may be, it's happening. All right? So we all better start thinking about composting, and it means we're going to have to throw out some elbow grease. There ain't no two ways about that. All right, Jim says, good afternoon. Uh, be very interesting to hearing and learning more from Miss Aaron. Thank you very much for introducing her to us. Yeah, people on the Fountain app loved Aaron too. Yeah, um, I can't wait to get her back on, man. She's, uh, folks, I mean, you better hold on to your hat. Be careful what you wish for, because I'm telling you, she is a, I call her a walking red pill. I'd heard about her way back. Gifted communicator, extraordinary in so many different things. I mean, just go to her YouTube channel and check her out what she's done there and what she's doing. I mean, she is extraordinary in so many different ways. I mean, she, I mean, she, you name it. She's definitely a jack of all trades and she's done so many different things. So I want to actually try to get her on a live 
and talk exclusively about homesteading and then save the more, save the topics that are going to get us kicked off um, for here on, uh, obviously on the Pimpcast. All right. I got an interesting one here. This one came from Colleen. I've answered her already. She says, uh, <laughs> you don't hear this one every day. A mom moose and two youngins born this year destroying my gardens, roses, lilacs, fruit Dang. trees, bushes. They jump and ram my fences. Basically, she's up in Alaska, and she's wondering if bone sauce is going to work up there. Um, we've sent some up there. some lead. <laughs> yeah, Dang. No um, I've already responded to her, and I said, look, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to send you, like those folks in Hawaii that said they had bulls, yeah. wild bulls in Hawaii, for crying out loud, doing the very same thing. And so I told her, I said, look, I want to know myself, so I'm going to send you some <laughs> up there. Um, I'll have your mom send her some bone sauce. And I want to find out, so folks, I know it works on deer. Talk about a niche market. Man, I <laughs> never... Moose repellent. Apparently, yeah, this moose is something else, man. He's up here tearing up everything. So, yeah, I'm going to send some bone sauce up there. And we're going to find out... some little hellions, too. Man, Got I'm the t- babies in on yeah, it. Yeah, the babies are like, hey, man, I ain't... I'm, shoot, I had enough of this. We're going to do this all. Um, anyway, we're going to get you squared away. We'll get some of that sent up here. And let's see. We got another one here. That reminds me of mom, actually, because the rabbits were eating something in her uh, little instant garden area because she didn't protect it with the bone sauce. And I asked her if she wanted me to shoot it. She was like, no. Why would you shoot the little rabbits? Man, I'm going to dust me some rabbits here before long, yeah. dude. Them little suckers are going a little bit too wild right now. But the cool thing is, with that bone sauce on there, man, they haven't been fooling around with any trees. So I'm about no. ready to take them metal guards off the bottom of it. Yeah, we all might that, as well. Yeah, all that hardware cloth, man. I mean, it's just one more thing to have to fool with. And um, they, uh, the ones I don't have on there, man, those rabbits aren't messing with anything. The reason we haven't killed any of them is because they really haven't done any damage other than like mom's little instant garden. But even then, it wasn't. It was kale that she was going to feed the sheep. Yeah, but she. Um, yeah, but see, the 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 thing about the rabbits is that you know in permaculture we always leave a little bit back for nature, but they've gotten. They seem to be re- reproducing quite well. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> they're not they're not fooling around with the comfrey. They're not messing with anything really that we don't. And then ever since we put bone sauce around the uh, yeah. the raised beds, no rabbit problems there. You'd probably I mean, speed down the driveway and kill one. Yeah, no kidding, man. All right, we got this other one. It was pretty cool, man. This one came from Troy, and uh, basically he's over at Springfield, Tennessee, and he sent me this video, man. It, it really made my day watching it. And uh, it says benefiting, the title of the uh, email was benefiting from others' fertility. And in a nutshell, um, it's going to be impossible to convey what's in the video completely. But basically, he's showing me these bags and bags and bags of leaves that his neighbors have basically let out there. I watched that video. I'm telling you what, man, it just Dang. made my day, man. He's, he went out there and got all this stuff. That's what I'm talking about. That's Troy. fertility you didn't even have to work for. No, I mean he's got like bags and bags and bags man. of stuff. And and I gotta say, man, it just made my day. It made it absolutely made my day to see that. Um, because there and I love seeing videos like that, folks, of the things you're doing because you find I'm looking at that and I'm like, Good night, man. Okay, we are doing some good in the world, man. We inspired somebody to do something else and you know, we run into people here and there and uh, you know, and then we find out they were inspired. And then honestly, I didn't know, like there was a lady we ran into with that concealed carry thing. And if I remember right, she lives in Buncombe County and mm. she was talking about how awesome it was to hear Aaron talk about what she talked about mm-hmm. on there. And I, you know, I was so, 
I'm of the mindset that, man, I don't care your background. I don't care what it is you do, man. If Aaron can drop a mental download on people like they've never witnessed before. And when she came up, and there's been a number of people actually that have said, man, she, she hit it out of the park, man. We need to have her back on. And I'm like, yeah. Um, the problem is, is titrating the information. Right. That's the problem. Yeah. Having and, too much information at once is almost as bad as not having any. Well, that's, that's where we're going to have to find that happy medium. And when I say titrating the information, I'm saying she can, I didn't, I didn't realize how, how, how well she would ease into this hard to take information and she did it masterfully. And then the next time I'm thinking, okay, well, where do we take it from there? I'm thinking about just handing her the microphone and saying, all right, you, you go with this. Okay. You gave them red pill. Number one, now that you've dropped the information, because the information she has is unimpeachable. It's information right. that I'm aware of as well. And uh, she just packages it better. She's much better at it than I am. And I think, honestly, there is a reason why she is suppressed. So the last thing on, on the earth that uh, anybody ever wants to hear is two people, non-traditional people in this space, her and I, having this conversation and talking about things that we're not supposed to talk about. So that's exactly how it goes down. But hey... You know what, so I want to I want to say this before we close this out. But um, to that guy on uh, Fountain App that reached out about the um, the power stuff, you know, I am that was I, email. That was through the email. it was email. But yeah. man, I'm really going to have to put some work into that. I'm going to have to shuffle some things around because that's something that really I'm uniquely capable of showing people how to do. Right, and I'm going to have to do a better job. Um, we're trying, we've shifted a lot more without doing what some of these other former, uh, homestead channels are doing. They've gone into the, Hey, d get these five things or die thing. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to equip you. And I think if I can do more of that, I was thinking about doing another video on the EMP shield, putting it on a diesel engine, putting it in yeah. Emily's car. You know, I'm going to do those things. Um, have another one I want to put in the house and show people how this can be done. But when you start fooling around with electricity, my biggest concern, I'll be honest with you, is in today's litigious society, I'm a little bit concerned about somebody, you know, the dangers, I mean, what makes electricity so dangerous is that it's invisible. You can't see it. You don't, you can't see the danger. And even, you know, having done this for a long, long time, um, I'm trying to find, I, I don't know that there's a safe way to convey some of this information because honestly, telling you to get into a panel and then install an EMP shield could actually be a little blowback on me. So I got to be a little careful about how I present some of this stuff. So I'm going to figure out a way to do this and I'm going to work on it. All right, y'all. Hopefully this stuff has been a blessing to you. So until next time, y'all stay alert, stay alive. <laughs>